Today's episode of Board Games Daily is powered by Brotherwise Games. Check out Call to Adventure, which is available for pre-order right now by heading to brotherwisegames.com slash store. That's brotherwisegames.com slash store, where you can claim your copy of Call to Adventure. Craft your hero, claim your destiny. Today's episode is also powered by Perplexed Games. Check out Roll and Write on Kickstarter right now. It's a game of rolling, writing, and erasing to get special abilities. The link is in the show notes, but you can check it out from now until March 29th on Kickstarter. Get in on this one. It's only 29 bucks. Again, that's Roll and Write from Perplexed Games. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skifstad. Well, 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 you're back. <laughs> hey, welcome to another episode of Board Games Daily. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Jeremiah Isley. What do we have for you today? Well, I'll tell you what we have for you today. We've got more talk about board games because that's what we do here. No, we've got our new topic coming at you. I'll let uh, either, I'm, I forget who's scheduled to take it today. Either AJ or Firestone will bring you be We'll be bringing you that. And uh, let's see, what else do I need to tell you about? Oh, don't forget, I forgot to mention this on Monday, but don't forget, our contest for a free copy of Space Park is still happening. So check that out by going over to theologyofgames.com. Sign up for our newsletter. And that's all you got to do. If you're on the list already, congratulations, you're in the contest. On April 1, we'll be pulling that name. We'll be announcing it. It'll be a huge celebration, the likes of which are unrivaled in the land. I don't know. That's probably not true, but somebody will be really happy because they're going to get a free copy of Space Park from Keymaster Games. All right, I'm going to get out of here for now. We're going to get into our topic. If you want to discuss this topic with us, 216-352-3864 is the number you need to call. Of course, it's always in the show notes. And you can be on the show. Leave a message and we'll we'll get you in and we'll have a little conversation about board games. All right, we're going to get out of here and get this thing started. Thanks for tuning in. It's Board Games Daily. As always, we're powered by Brotherwise Games and our good friends who, who are us at theologyofgames.com. Hey there, it's Board Games Daily with the question of the week. I'm Firestone and I'm bringing it this week. And uh, I am the kind of person who believes strongly that there is a right number of players for most games. Some games have a little bit of wiggle room. I would play it with three or four. I would play it with two or three or whatever. But there are just some games that have a certain number you're supposed to play that game with. And I won't play that game with any other number. So today's question is, I'm just arbitrarily picking one of these numbers, what is your favorite game for exactly five players? You have five players and you have a fairly open library. What game are you pulling off the shelf? 
for me, this is an old game. Uh, it's, man, what year was this? Probably, I have no idea. It's sometime in the 90s. I'm going to pull it off my shelf right here. This is super awkward, weird, quiet time. It is 2000. Okay, so this game is almost 20 years old. It is The Princes of Florence by Richard Ulrich and Wolfgang Kramer. This is the perfect five-player game. You have only a certain number of actions in the entire game. There are, I think, six turns? Maybe seven turns. Seven turns with an auction in each turn, and then actions on each turn. Up to two actions that you can take. So, that's it for the whole game. You have to be super efficient. You have to be practically perfect in the auction. You have to plan things out and you have to be ready for things to move and shift and for people to not play things that you need them to play so that you can grab it so that you can play it. It's perfect. I love this game. There's no reason to play it with any other number. It is a five-player game. Some runners-up for that, well, at least one runner-up, is Amon Ray by Reiner Knizia. Now, I've heard people argue, oh, that game is fine with four. No, it's not fine with four. There are cards in the game that are literally worthless if you're not playing with five players. It's possible that they could be worthless. They're not necessarily. But some of the scoring cards and the way the different provinces come out, in a five-player game, every single province in the game is going to be available. So it would be possible for you to get it and therefore score all these points, all these scoring cards. But in anything less than five... It's possible that some of these provinces will never come into play, and therefore, you couldn't score, say, the one that says um, all of your provinces on the Nile. Well, it could happen that you can't get that because of the fewer number of players. In a five-player game, every province is getting played, and so you have a chance to do it. So Amon Ray is a runner-up. I'm only playing that with five, but the best five-player game that I can think of is Princes of Florence. So what is your answer? Only five. Don't cheat here. Don't say four or five. Don't say five or six. Exactly five players. Let us know. We'll talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, everyone. It's Firestone here coming to you from Board Games Daily with some news from the board gaming industry. This uh, is from China, actually. There's a small publisher called Sons of the Singularity, and they publish supplemental material for the Call of Cthulhu RPG. And they had kickstarted one called the Sassoon Files that took place in, in historical China, but it was very respectful and well-researched. It was not um, exploitative or anything like that. It was, it was respectfully done. Nevertheless, um, they had it printed in China, as, as many people do now because it's so much cheaper to do this. But according to a video from the head of Sons of the Singularity Publishers, China has a government official inspect every single book printed in China, even if it is only intended to be exported, as this one was. They had no plans to sell the Sassoon files in China. Everything was going to be exported. But um, this, this printer had just finished printing all the books. They were all laid out, ready to go. This government inspector says there's a problem with this. They didn't like some kind of message in it or or something they or they were afraid of what it said who knows but they ordered the printer to burn the entire print run and they did and they had to be done by the next morning they burned the whole thing they returned sons of the singularities 
uh, deposit. And they, they were, in fact, in the process of finishing the final payment because they'd been sent the pr- a proof, said, hey, this is done. He was in the pr- process of paying them finally, and this happens. He gets the deposit back. But there are lots of implications with this. One, lots of publishers get things published in China, and the idea that they can say, eh, we don't actually like what that says, burn it, and don't get it printed here, is kind of scary especially when it's not even intended for the Chinese people. Like you understand that you have to get approval if you're going to sell something in China, but if you're not even going to sell it there, very strange. Um, Another is, is this one official who is kind of taking his power a little too far or getting skittish or whatever, or is this a large major world power kind of coming in and crushing this little publisher and saying, we'll show you uh, the power we have it's just so many weird things going on in this thing. I hate the idea of them censoring. I hate the idea that, um, I mean, if we can't print things in China for fear of them getting burned because of some kind of message, we're going to have to go to other publishers, which is going to increase the cost for everybody. Lots of layers at this, but I thought this was a really interesting story that connects to the board gaming world. So check this out. Uh, you can look to, on the Sons of the Singularity site. And uh, there's a uh, video, I don't know if it's on YouTube, I think I saw it on YouTube, yeah, of the publisher talking about this incident, and it's uh, kind of sobering and scary and interesting news. So, thanks for listening, we'll talk to you later, have a great day, bye! Hey there everybody, you're listening to Board Games Daily, powered by Theology of Games. I'm AJ Skifstad, and I'm talking about the game Innis today by Madigo Games, released in 2016. This game's a pretty cool game about territory control. What you're going to be doing is drafting cards throughout the round. You're going to pass them around in kind of that seven wonder style. And you're going to take one card and then take another card as you pass them to your left or your right. And then after that, you're going to begin to play cards to gain territories and to place your clans in different territories. There's three ways to win. You either have your clan in seven different territories at the beginning of a round, or you have uh, your clan being leaders over seven other clans at the beginning of a round, or you have your clan in territories with seven sanctuaries. So maybe there's three sanctuaries in one territory and four in another. If your clans are there, there's a possibility to win. But when you have this possibility to win, you have to take what's called a pretender token as one of your actions instead of playing a card, which paints a target on you, which means you might not just keep that victory condition until the beginning of the next round. But if you do and nobody else has any victory conditions, you win the game. So it's a pretty cool game, but that was released in 2016. It's 2019 and they're finally releasing an expansion. What's cool about this expansion, well, first of all, this expansion is called Innis Seasons. And they're going to add a fifth player. So the game was originally a four-player game, but now you're going to have five players if you'd like. And then also, they add plenty of more cards to, to use. So there's these like old ancient Celtic god cards that do some cool things throughout the game. There are the regular playing cards that you lay down, uh, that the ones that you'll be drafting. But there's also going to be new territories in the game as well. The new territories also add more cards. Anytime that you are in control of a territory, you get a card that goes along with that territory that only you get to, to use for that round. So this is really cool. Lots more cards being added, a fifth player being added, but there's also a seasons wheel being added. Now, I'm not sure what the seasons wheel is gonna do exactly. My guess is, 
that as you play through rounds, the season changes and it's going to have a different game effect based upon what season you're in for the whole table. Uh, through reading and looking at it, that's that's what it seems like is going to happen. So that could be pretty cool. And finally, there's going to be new victory conditions. It looks like you're going to have the original three, but you're also going to have several other that you might be able to meet in order to win. Now, I'm not sure if you're going to select before the game whether you uh, which victory conditions to use or if they're all activated regardless of... of of the gameplay. You, you know, it might be all five victory conditions instead of just picking three. Lots of stuff that this expansion offers. I love that because some expansions just offer one mode of gameplay, but this is one of those expansions that offers a lot. Now, it doesn't say that you can just pick and choose what you add here, but it does offer a lot of new stuff. With the exception of adding that fifth player, it sounds like if you're going to play with the expansion, you're probably going to be using all the elements of the expansion. I'm not completely sure yet. I'm excited to find out. It's definitely on my to-buy list, and I will have it in my collection very soon. Once I do, I'll try it out and let you know what I think and let you know exactly how it works. But if you like a game that's territory control, card drafting, this might be the one for you. And uh, with Innis Seasons coming out, you might enjoy it even a little bit more. So that's it for now. Check you later. You can be more than just a listener. If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today. I blinked and it's over. It's That's it. The show's over. What a fun show it's been, but that's it. That's all we got. Thanks for tuning in. I am Jeremiah Isley, and I really appreciate all of you folks that listen, hey, do us a favor. If you're looking at your phone, just scroll down, tap that five-star thing right there, and give us a little review. Say, hey, this show is awesome. Hey, it's great. That does so much for us. It helps us keep, it helps us get up onto the charts and stay there once we're there. We've been, we've crept up there a few times and it's super awesome. But if you do that, it's really, really helpful and it helps other folks find it. Share us on social media too. Let people know that you're checking out this show and we talk about cool stuff. Speaking of talking about cool stuff, if you call the hotline, you can be on the show. There's just so much going on here. Let other people know about it. All right. I'm done asking for your help <laughs> or begging maybe is the case. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Really, really do appreciate the folks that tune in and listen to us every week. I'm going to get out of here for now. And I'm going to say for my co-hosts, AJ Skifstad and Scott Firestone, I'm Jeremiah Isley saying it's always, always a good idea to play board games daily. Thanks for joining us today. Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyofGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyofGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table. <laughs>